0: Next week, live on Dynamite, first time ever, a three-way match to decide who is going to be the official tag team of the Inner Circle. And I think uh, I think it's going to be MJF and, and Jericho. I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> yeah, real funny. I think it's going to be... Uh... Santana Ortiz, and then oh, and, and, oh, yeah. and again, I'm gonna have to disagree with everybody because it's gonna be Sammy and Hager Championships, yeah, that's right, baby Sammy and Hager. That's who it's gonna be Sammy Hager Sammy and Hager.
1: <laughs> that's funny Why is that funny? Never mind. Okay, once again, we're kind of getting, you know, we're running out of time here real quick So let's just let's just all relax here At the end of the day, no matter what happens after this teeny tiny little exhibition match, we're still all family. We are still the inner circle. Nothing can break us up. We are the inner circle,
0: and we are better than you, and you know it. Hands in, baby. Yo, why is your hand
1: darker than your face? Poppy, you're ruining it. Just look into the camera and give the middle finger. Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is Wednesday. You know what that means? It's Wednesday, January 13th to be specific, which means it's night two of AW New Year's Smash. Last week was week one, headlined by Phoenix and Omega. This week, our main event was a Darby Allen versus Brian Cage for the TNT Championship, as well as some other matches. We'll get to that. But first, you know, if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're available on a bunch of different platforms, ranging from Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, plenty of options. Also, be sure to follow us over on Twitter. If you if your heart desires, you know, uh, easy way to, you know, get in contact with us. Keep up when uh, new episodes come out. And, uh, yeah, you know, just uh, it's good to keep up with that. We also have a YouTube channel, which uh, we have started posting on again somewhat. Um, I wouldn't say regularly, but there's been new content out on there. So be sure to subscribe to that. The links to all that stuff can be found in the episode description. So just go over there while you're listening. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. You know, do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're new here, it's worth noting, I'm Pat. And I'm Joey. And we are the two people who review Dynamite for the Deep State Wrestling Podcast. On Tuesdays, you have Ryan and Angelo covering Impact. Uh, We also cover New Japan, and that is me, Rob, Joey, and Ryan uh, who do that. Uh, We'll do reviews. We have Royal Rumble predictions coming at the end of the month, so I don't know who's doing that, and probably a Royal Rumble review as well. This weekend, we're going to have a review for Impact's Hard-to-Kill pay-per-view. Yeah, so, again, mainly we do AEW Impact and New Japan, but occasionally we dabble in, like, NXT and WWE stuff. So, if that sounds interesting to you, obviously, again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast.
0: Yeah, and if it doesn't, you can go fuck yourself.
1: Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, buddy. Whoa. Okay, then. Starting off real strong here, just telling everybody to... Okay. It's okay. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Cool. I
0: didn't have my brand flakes today. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh.
1: Yeah. So, AEW, New Year's Smash, night two. Let's just get this show right on the road. Oh, also, before I, I should have said this before because now I'm just interrupting myself, but. If you go mm-hmm. back and listen to last night's edition of Ryan and Angelo's Impact Power Hour, you can hear the predictions that Ryan, Angelo, Joey, and myself all did for Hard to Kill this weekend. So yeah. uh, since that is still tied with AEW, since obviously Omega is in the main event over there, it uh, it does seem relevant. So again, check that out. It's the episode right before this one uh, on the podcast feed. Anyway, without further ado, AEW New Year Smash Night 2. Let's do it.
0: Let's get right into it.
1: Our first match was Eddie Kingston versus Pac uh, with Eddie Kingston's family, Allie and the Butcher and the Blade in his corner and Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Penta in Pac's corner. Uh, mm-hmm. This was a uh, very hard hitting affair to kick off the show. Lots of strong style strikes from Eddie Kingston and Pac just doing Pac things, which you'll love to see. Uh, it's also interesting to see Pac wrestling more of a babyface style again, because um, again, I've been so used to seeing him as a heel since like the end of his WWE run, when he was cruiserweight champion. Mm-hmm. So it's been right. it's been a few years, it's been, a,
0: it's been a minute, him, yeah, yeah,
1: of seeing him just as a heel and not doing babyface stuff. So it's nice to see him still being able to work that way, despite you know still technically being a heel. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a really solid opener. Um, I thought these guys both had great chemistry. I love Eddie Kingston. I love Pac. So I was all in on this. I thought, again, solid little opener here. Very, very hard hitting um, strikes from Kingston. Yeah. And we got to see Pocket the Black Arrow again as the finish. Uh, he mm-hmm. pinned Eddie Kingston. And then immediately after the bell rang, he put him in the Brutalizer. So uh, still establishing that the Brutalizer is still a move that he's going to do. But he is yeah. using the Black Arrow again. So
0: nice to see. Yeah, I do agree that this was super solid, uh, and I think they, I think they gave them uh, the perfect amount of time too, and it, it didn't feel too long and it didn't feel too short. Agreed. So I thought this was, yeah, I thought this was perfect. It really told the story, and uh, I really like, I really enjoy this feud.
1: Yeah. Um, also, this, uh, this was the one match that really told that it was a taped show because anybody who follows Lance Archer on Twitter uh, knows that he shaved his head. Um. So, his hair is all his long hair is gone, and then he came out on this show obviously still with the the long braided hair, and so that instantly kind of dated this show. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, after the match, Eddie Kingston um, and the, the family kind of ran off uh, after Lance Archer came out from the back with Jake Roberts, and then Lance Archer and Pac got into each other's faces. So, it does seem that we are continuing to build. Possibly to either, like, a three-way between Pac, Kingston, and Archer, or we're building now to Pac and Archer, or I don't know. Um, But regardless, I'm excited for this. Uh, Yeah. I love, again, Archer's great, Pac's great, Kingston's great, Um, and now it's, we'll talk about it later, but the Lucha Brothers are now involved elsewhere, so it does seem like we could be heading towards, like, a a three-way, which I'm down for. That'd be sick, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was the opening to the show. High energy start. And uh does seem like they're building towards something with Archer and Pac and maybe Eddie Kingston. After this, we had um, – Ryan's not here, but um, this is this would be Ryan's match of the year. Uh, Chuck Taylor versus Miro. Remember last week they established that if Chuck Taylor lost, he has to be Miro's young boy. Uh, Ryan sent us a post from AEW's Facebook where it said that if Chuck Taylor lost, he has to be Miro's butler. And me and Joey were like, no, that's not what they said. They said he has to be the young boy. That's the whole point of this. Mm-hmm. And then commentary tonight noted that he has to be his butler. So we have officially gone from him being the young boy yeah. to the butler. Uh, um, so you know, I I don't have Boomer of the Week to give this week. I might be giving it to AEW for having a butler gimmick attached to this.
0: Yeah. And and AEW is so good with staying away from shit like this, but I feel like I I don't know. I feel like it was bound to happen. I don't know. I feel like to draw in a certain kind of audience, they need to do this um, for some reason. Because I don't know. Because, uh, you know, WWE does it and a certain type of audience fucking loves it. Um, and that's how they get their faithful. But um, yeah, I don't really like this. I'm going to be real. I mean, it's not, like, the worst thing in the world by far. And AEW usually puts out really great booking and storylines and all that. So I can, like, let it slide. But I'm still not a fan of it.
1: Yeah, I just, like...
0: Again, like, what are they going to
1: do with like, the like, young butler? Like, the, so young boy, the young boy thing at least made...
0: Yeah, I agree. Um...
1: So, the match itself, I thought, was interesting because Miro and Trent had a really good match um, a while back. Mm -hmm. And that was mainly, like, Trent actually got to, like, properly wrestle. And Miro also got to really, like, shine for the first time in AEW. And that wasn't really what we got here for the most part. Like, they did, like, Chuck got offense in. But for the most part, this was just, like, Miro dominating. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's fine. Miro should be dominating. But it just, like... Felt weird to right. see like the different treatment of Chuck and Trent. Like Trent was allowed to have like this long match with Miro, where he got like a ton of offense and looked like he had a
0: chance okay. of winning. And then Chuck was just like, "Yeah, not here." Um, which is which is a kind of a shame because uh, I feel like Chuck is pretty underrated. Oh, I think they're both great.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. I, but anyway, s- spoiler: uh, Miro won here, which means Chuck is going to be the butler. Joey, I want to know. Where do you see this going? How do you see this playing out? Even like, just even vaguely, what do you think the plan is for this?
0: Well, I can tell you something right now. Um, I can't guarantee that it can't be worse than the cuck angle that Miro was in, in WWE. Um, But I honestly, I really don't know. It's, it's really weird. Like how is someone, someone's personal Butler in, in, in like a kayfabe in a wrestling kind of way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't make much sense to me. I don't really – I can't predict it. I really just don't know. Do you have any ideas? Because I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work in a wrestling aspect. You know what I mean? Like in a
1: wrestling I mean, aspect? I'm assuming we're going to get a bunch of, like, backstage segments for the next couple of weeks with Miro. Oh, Kip, for sure. Canelope, And Chuck. Um, I have a feeling this might be building towards – Orange Casty versus Miro, maybe? Okay. I don't really know who wins that, though, because, like, is supposed to be, like, this big monster, and Orange has taken, taste- like, a decent amount of losses now. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know, dude. Unless they keep him as, like, the butler until Trent's ready to come back, but that's, like, four or five months away. So, yeah, four to six, I think, Yeah, know. so I don't... I really don't know for for... But, like... Again, like Joey said, AW typically doesn't do anything like this, uh, so it's kind of weird that they are. I'm still going to give them mm-hmm. Boomer of the Week uh, for this, the AW's creative team for, for this, because I don't know who thought this was a good idea. But maybe it'll play out in a way that's satisfying, but for the time being, this is just really dumb. Um, I'm excited for, you know, like, the best man gimmick for Miro is really... Uh, I don't really think it does him any service for what he should be, like, for what the fans were clamoring for him, like, during his Mm. WWE run, and so I don't think this is what we need for Miro, but to look back at AEW, when we had the Dark Order debut, aside from, like, the cool visual of, like, the throne for Evil Uno sitting on the guys there was a really goofy gimmick and nobody really cared about them. Like everybody made fun of dark order for being like a bunch of losers that didn't really do anything. Right. Um, right. So I am, I'm really like, I have enough faith in AEW that they have a long-term plan for Miro. Um, and that this whole thing is going to play out in like a big feud with Kip and probably elevate both guys. But for the time being, I just don't, I, I'm not feeling it. And I, again, I just think it's really dumb. Um, and so, so yeah, again, boomer of the week goes to AEW's creative team for this. But here's hoping Miro can, can really blow us away in 2021.
0: I hope so. I
1: hope so, too. Uh, and who knows? Maybe, maybe this is going to turn into a cuck angle, Joey. Maybe, maybe Chuck Taylor is going to seduce Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian's going to be a cuck. And Rusev, or sorry, Miro will be associated with it. So it will be another cheating slash cuckold angle that he is involved in.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's safe to say. I don't think that will happen. You say that now.
1: You say that now. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, up next we had a backstage segment with Matt Hardy and Private Party, following up from last week with uh, them signing the contracts. And if you've been watching on BTE, you know Matt Hardy's playing this new like spin on like Vince McMahon slash like a carney like indie promoter. Um, and so basically, he's just trying to extort Private Party and exploit them uh, with new contracts where he takes their money. Uh, basically, they're backstage, and Private Party's getting ready to talk, and Matt says that he has to start first. He he, he uh, you know, he improved their career, he's gotten them where they are, and he's their manager, so he gets to go first. Um, and basically, it's just Matt being a conceited dick and thinking that it's all about him. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, I think it was Mark Quinn who called, or basically snapped at Matt Hardy and called him a money-grabbing carny. Uh, and then Matt went off saying that that's not true. And it, it, like he just went off on private party saying, who cares about you? Nobody. The fans don't care about you. Nobody backstage cares about you. And nobody cares about me either. I learned that the hard way at All Out when uh, when I got injured. And so he said, listen to him and everything will be okay. So Matt is officially fully healed at this point. Uh, and mm-hmm. private party are like kind of teetering cuz they're still like they're they're still paired up with this guy and they are listening to him like they still like fight back somewhat but they are still yeah, being like they, young and naive. they
0: respect him as like a mentor and like they kind of just think it's how it should be and all that yeah um, i'm interested in yeah. if they're
1: going to officially turn private party heel at some point or if they're just going to like turn on matt but then i don't really know where matt goes so, this is another angle where I'm very, like, confused about what the direction's going to be. Um, but this isn't, like, bad. I think Matt's playing the character really well. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I feel like it's we're getting to see another side of Private Party. They're not just the, the party guys who just drink and dance around. Uh, we're now seeing, like, them be kind of humanized here, where we're getting to see them taken advantage of. And hopefully, eventually, they'll get their uh, revenge on Matt, so. Uh, Ooh,
0: taking advantage.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh after this, we have the Inner Circle's New Year Resolutions segment. Uh, the Inner Circle come out, and they talk about how it's gonna be a huge year for the Inner Circle, and they decide uh, Jericho tells them to share their resolutions. Jake Hager just steps forward and shouts championships into the mic.
0: Jake Hager mm-hmm. is a fucking dwe. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I just think this whole, I think this whole, like, segment's pretty funny because Ortiz and Santana are the actual tag team. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, so, Hager says championships, and uh, MJF then says that was a great answer, and he wants to continue to strengthen the bonds of the inner circle. And also, fat people have got to go, uh, which, you know, is funny <sighs> if you look one person to MJF's right and you have Jericho with his massive beer gut. Uh mm-hmm. so. Get him out of here. Uh, Ortiz wants to perfect some of his grandmother's recipes. Uh, Jericho wants to win the tag titles with MJF. Santana takes issue with that because uh, him and Ortiz obviously are an actual tag team in the form of Proud and Powerful. Um, And then Sammy Guevara gets involved, and he seems very upset because, you know, there used to be uh, lay sex gods with Jericho and uh sammy and there was also hager and jericho and so sammy calls jericho a tag team sorry a little tag team slut <laughs> what uh i can't believe what a, what a, what yeah. a lie. <laughs> i mean he wasn't wrong like jericho has tried to basically be tag team partners with everybody in the inner circle at this point i
0: agree and thank god the hager and jericho
1: thing didn't last long agreed uh agreed 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 um Anyway, the uh, what this was all setting up for next week, we're doing a triple threat to determine the official tag team of the inner circle, MJF and Chris Jericho versus Ortiz and Santana versus Sammy mm-hmm. Hagar, as they referred to themselves, which was a joke. It's a pun. It's a you know it's supposed to be a joke about Sammy Hagar, the singer, and uh, and so yeah, yes. So next week, Inner Circle does uh, a big triple threat to decide who is going to be their tag team going forward. Yeah, should be interesting. If you uh, if you had to guess, who do you think is going to win that?
0: Um, I think it's going to be Jericho and MJF. Yeah, I think the same. Um, I just think.
1: Yeah, I feel like that makes the most sense. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it... Like, I, don't
0: need, I don't need Sammy and Hager <laughs> as tag Yeah, team.
1: I don't either. Um, it just feels weird that like Ortiz and Santana wouldn't win that, but maybe they will. Who knows?
0: Yeah, they could. Or they could just lose, but still be a tag team. Yeah. Because that's what probably will happen. <laughs> Fair point
1: uh we go backstage into the dark order layer from b t e They're all there uh mm-hmm. anna's up on her perch on the uh the the booth um and john Jesus. John silver just seems very excited uh just very antsy uh you can tell that he's he's ready to talk about something special A little antsy boy <laughs> basically. Um, and Evaludo uh, is asked about what the plan is for the group now that Brody Lee's gone, and he said that everything they do from now on is in Brody Lee's name, and uh, they need to be better people all around. So it does seem officially that this is Dark Order's big face turn, which is as mm-hmm. expected, and uh, this officially starts next week when Hangman Page teams up with the Dark Order, and John Silver brings in Hangman, and they're all super giddy for Hangman, and uh, Alex Reynolds asks him, when are you going to join the Dark Order? And John Silver proposes that, you know, Hangman has to make a decision by next week. And Adam Page agrees. He says next week after their match, he will let them know if he is joining the Dark Order.
0: Dude, what a, what a full 360 for Dark Order and the relationship with Adam Page. It went from fuck Hangman to them now just being obsessed with him and wanting him to join the Dark Order. Yeah. What, what a fool 3 you. are not here. wrong. Um, yeah. Do you... Okay, so...
1: Do you think he's going to join next week or do you think they're going to actually... Do you, so do you think he joins? Do you think he just stays friends or do you think he says no to joining altogether?
0: Um, I'm still on the fence about it. I personally don't think he's ever going to officially join... Um, but he's always just going to be, like, friendly and, like, there. I think that, I think, I don't know, I think that might happen, but at the same time, I think he also could join. I don't, I don't see him just being, like, no. You know what I mean? Like, or just, like, them, like, not being on the same page. I think they're just going to always, like, they're definitely going to be, like, you know, like, an alliance, but... I don't know if he's going to officially join.
1: Yeah, uh, I can see that. I think I'm leaning towards yes. I think Hangman will officially join next week. Uh, I think that'll cement him with a new group. Uh, He'll stop being the lone cowboy. He'll find genuine friendship that he didn't find with the Bucks and Omega and Cody. So, yeah. So
0: the question is, does he keep the cowboy gimmick? yes and does he uh does he get purple attire yes
1: well because he already has black attire so i think they can easily work in like some purple stripes and stuff yeah and they can give him like a purple bandana um i think i think they can mm-hmm. definitely like work on like the aesthetic and i mean you already have like the tag team with the mm-hmm. good the bad and the hungry so you can have them all be like reynolds and silver are already willing to dress up as cowboys <laughs> Um, oh, and I, I think like in backstage segments, you'll see them being goofy, and like you can have like Evil Uno with a cowboy hat on, or Anna in the cowboy hat, but I think altogether they'll yeah, just that... be the group. Um, and I think Hangman will still, I think, I like Evil Uno is currently like who I would assume is the de facto leader. But I would, if Paige joins, mm-hmm. I could see Paige taking over the group and just being like the new leader. Um, I agree, but we'll see again. Moving forward, I think it's pretty safe to say Dark Order fully face at this point, so I think Paige is going to join. All right. Um that opposed to yeah. that. All right, after this we have uh do 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 what's up next. Uh, we're backstage with Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks and Don Callis getting ready for the match where The Elite are in action. And since last week they had been specifically not saying what this match was. They just said The Elite are in action. They didn't say what it was. Just said The Elite And obviously, if you've been watching Impact or paying attention at all, Don Callis has been referring to Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers as the super elite. And I believe recently he just dropped the super and started calling them the elite. So we Hmm. see the Bucks and Omega backstage with Callis. And Callis says, uh, you know, the Bucks, you guys have great music. You guys deserve your own entrance. So just wait back here. Kenny's going to come out and then you guys can come out next. And so Kenny and Don go. The Bucks stay backstage. Kenny and Don come out to the ring. And before Justin can announce the Young Bucks, Don grabs the mic from him and teases that the Young Bucks are coming out. He says, Kenny Omega's best friends, the tag team champions, the Good Brothers. And then the Good Brothers come out from the crowd to uh, to piped in booze and uh, no music. They don't have their Impact theme, no no new AEW theme. Kind of yeah. disappointed in that. Uh, it's weird to carry on the back and out in silence. still yeah, time. It's still time. Uh, but the Good Brothers come out through the crowd and join Kenny in the ring. And we get a little uh, picture-in-picture thing that shows Tony Khan, Dasha, and the Young Bucks backstage just, like, reacting and just, like, kind of rolling their eyes to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, so, officially, the Good Brothers make their in-ring debut on Dynamite, teaming with Kenny Omega, the Impact World Tag yeah, the Impact World Tag Team Champions, and the AEW World Champion, teaming up against Danny Limelight uh, and the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. Yeah. Um, really happy
0: to see... As you saw, as you saw last week, uh, the Varsity Blondes were part of the the whole yeah, segment were, of holding Yes, back. they were the
1: ones to hold him back, and they got hit. Um, happy to see Danny Limelight mm-hmm. here. Uh, Danny Limelight has been somebody who's kind of popped up on our radar since uh, his appearances on New Japan Strong during the summer. Uh, so it's cool to see mm-hmm. that he's getting all this random spotlight here in AEW and New Japan. So I'm all for this man. Uh, I think Danny Limelight has... A great look he's great in ring and really solid charisma as well as stuff with rocky romero and new japan strong great stuff so uh hoping to see more of him in aw yeah and pillman in
0: and... the uh radioactive poppy i think that's his. excuse name. me <laughs> yeah have you seen his tights? no i didn't
1: uh, i didn't even notice that
0: i think it's said radioactive let me see I mean, let me scroll back up to group. Um that.
1: And Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, I actually really like them as a tag team. Um, I think that they have a really good look together, um, and I like Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison was again somebody who I had never heard of before this year, and um, I thought his appearances on BTE and on AW Dark it really like helped him stand out, and um, and like him teaming with Pillman, I thought has really like kind of. Elevated him, and clearly AEW has plans for them because they give the, they gave them like all new matching gear. They have their own Tron and music, so I'm hoping that moving mm-hmm. forward they're like one of the staples of like the tag division in the coming years. Um, they definitely seem like a future project. Yeah. Like they're not going to be like the top guys now, but um, oh, yeah. No. So I would very much I would like to program with them and FTR down the line
0: uh, whenever FTR get the tag titles back. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. So that he's the radioactive poppy but he spaced out radio and active interesting yeah it says it on his gear and stuff uh sure
1: (laughs) um anyway solid match uh this is doc gallows or sorry luke gallows not doc gallows uh luke gallows is uh um first uh first match back since um since getting injured in Impact uh, back in like November. So kind of interesting to see an impact wrestler make their return wall still with impact on an AW TV show, but Oh, well, um, I'm happy to see Carl Anderson get to wrestle. Love the guy. I think he's a very good wrestler. Um, and Gallows is a big, good man. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed this. I thought this was a pretty fun six man match um, Gallows, Anderson and Omega got to show off their chemistry and it just kind of was a really fun match. Um, the good brothers and Omega one with the magic killer. And that was that.
0: Yeah, kind of uh, a. Were you expected. Uh,
1: were you surprised at the uh, the fact that they basically turned
0: on the young bucks already? Um, probably not, <laughs> to be honest, because it just seems like the young bucks, like from the jump, are just not. I don't know. They're not. They're not ready to be healed. Right. I feel like they're not like. They've been kind of faced, like yeah, they like super kicked, um, the Varsity Blondes to like you know save their their friend, and then they put up the two sweet. But like when they did it, you could tell that like the whole time they were like, I guess like they 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 felt pressured. You yeah, know no, I mean? absolutely. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know, but I really think that this this is gonna definitely uh, this might be gearing up to. Uh, the Young Bucks versus the Good Brothers in uh, a, paper, on a pay-per-view down the line. Probably, uh, what, Revolution will be uh, next? Well,
1: Revolution is the next pay-per-view. Remember, there is the Beach Break show on uh beginning yeah. of February. Yeah, so, or
0: that. But yeah, I could definitely see that. Really um, after this,
1: uh, John Moxley came out and he got into the ring, basically said, screw the numbers, and went after Omega Gallows and Anderson. Uh, and then... <laughs> Obviously, Moxley was going to get outnumbered here, so he gets beaten down. And surprise, okay. surprise, but the, uh, the Lucha Never Brothers was. come out and make the save uh, after you know, yeah. Omega tried to end Phoenix's career last week. But the Lucha Brothers come out, and uh, they try to even the odds. A bunch of wrestlers from the locker room, basically all of the AEW Dark Squad, come out for a massive pull-apart brawl. Uh, the Young Bucks come down basically to play peacekeepers between Moxley and Omega, and they walk into... Um, uh, super kicks from the, uh, from, uh, why can't I speak? The Lucha Brothers. So, mm-hmm. so this was, yeah,
0: this was also uh,
1: kind of weird. Obviously, the Lucha Brothers have issues with the Young Bucks, um, and now they have issues with Omega, but now they're aligning with Moxley in this situation while still being aligned with P- uh, Pox. So, there's a lot going on here.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, they're, they're really are really. I'm not
1: complaining because I love the Lucha Brothers. Um, but so what we could be seeing here is we could be seeing the Good Brothers and Kenny versus the Lucha Brothers and um, Moxley. You could do a three-way with uh, the Bucks, the Good Brothers, and the Lucha Brothers. You could do the Lucha Brothers versus the Bucks. You could do the Bucks versus Good Brothers. You have a lot of options here right now. Um, this was very unexpected that they, like, totally aligned the Lucha Brothers with Moxley right now. Um, but I'm not upset by it.
0: No. I mean, um, yeah, and if we get I... a
1: three-way like that, where it's the Bucks, Good Brothers, and Lucha Brothers, I am... I'm all for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that'd so, be yeah. Dope. dope. Interesting, dope. this
1: was, like, the middle of the show. Um, but, you know, obviously they did put the TNT title in the main event, so... It's fine, but this just felt like a... Like, you know, a main event placement for this. Um, After this, though, we got the debut of The Waiting Room on AEW Dynamite. This has been on AEW Dark for several weeks now. But this is Britt Baker's talk show with her and Reba. Uh, And so... They come out, uh, Britt says to the crowd, which is basically all of the uh, wrestlers in the audience in chairs, to look under their seats. She left them a surprise, and they look, and nothing's there. They joke and laugh. Ha ha ha, they got one over on them. Uh, basically, <laughs> Britt congratulates Cody on the big show show, and uh, then she says that, that Cody needs to, uh, whatchamacallit, who his guy is, whether it's Sting, Shack, or Snoop Dogg and uh, he needs to make up for the terrible decision he has made on his neck. Uh, eventually, Cody comes out, and uh, she... Congrats... Can we talk about
0: uh, Reba's oh my uh, God. Like, laugh. dude! <laughs> Reba, Rebel, whatever you want <laughs> to call her. She's so, good at, she's so good at this uh, role. Her, the she laugh good. she did.
1: But the laugh so she funny. did during this segment was so <laughs> bad. It was so oh, my cringy, God. yeah. <laughs> Um, so when Cody comes out, <laughs> Brit makes a joke that uh, his kid is going to have an action figure before her, which that, that was a pretty good line. Mm-hmm. Um, and before they can continue with the interview, Jade makes her appear and she comes through and she steps up to Cody. She is a very tall woman. <laughs> um, she, just tall and, and Jack, like she made. Yeah, Cody like I'm pretty small. sure she was in like high heels, but even then, she still like is like. A very tall one. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, uh, she says that if Brandy ever returns, she's gonna beat her ass, and then Red Velvet comes through, and this makes sense why Red Velvet beat Leva Bates on Dark uh last night. So it does seem like they are putting Red Velvet in Brandy's spot. And I mean, to be fair, it makes sense. Red Velvet and Brandy were a tag team, they were friends, so they just kind of moved Red Velvet in since Brandy got pregnant. And uh, we got another big uh-huh. pull apart brawl here with uh, all the women's division coming in to pull apart Red Velvet and Jade.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I, like I thought that this was I, uh, I thought this fan. was
1: better than Jade's promo that she cut initially on Cody when she debuted. Um, mm-hmm. This it felt way less awkward and more natural for her, and yeah, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. after the pull apart brawl ends, uh, we go up to the big screen and we see Britt Baker's attack on Thunder Rosa several weeks ago. I don't even remember when this was, um, but, uh, and then we have Thunder Rosa sending in her own taped promo from her house, um, and saying that she knows that Britt Baker loves to talk, or sorry, she loves Baker's talk show because she likes to get people, there. Air- Baker loves having her talk show because she likes to get in people's business, but soon she'll have to do the work to wrestle Thunder Rosa, and she officially announces that the match has been moved to Beach Break, which is on February 3rd, so we have our first official match for Beach Break, which joins another announced thing on that show, which is the wedding of Penelope and Kip Sabian. Oh, so what a show that's t- uh, turning out to be! I'm actually very excited for Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Um, I think that should be a fantastic match. Um, Britt, yeah. uh, Britt's been great since turning heel, and Thunder Rosa amazing work mm-hmm. anytime she's shown up in AW. So, uh, and they have a good story mm-hmm. with this. Um, the animosity between both of them feels real, and I, I, yeah, I think that this should be really good. So, I am excited for this one. After this, FTR takes on Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt, baby. Uh, And they come out to Jungle Boy's new theme song, and it's a bop, I have to to say. Big fan. This was, uh, this felt like this was like the longest match on the show, to be honest. Um, I was not expecting this to get as much... Yeah, I wasn't expecting this to awesome. get as much time as it did. I'm not, like, complaining. I thought it was a really solid tag match. Um, I also thought they, they did a really good job making Marco stunt um, like, credible. Like, he wasn't doing things that I wasn't buying. Like, he was just wrestling really fast pace and was, like, flying everywhere. It's not like he was doing power yeah. moves or anything to FTR, and FTR wasn't, like, selling like they were dying for the guy. Um, and anytime that they got him alone, it was basically them overpowering Marco Stunt. Um, so I definitely think that they did a really solid job of like building Marco Stunt as like an actual competitor here, despite his size discrepancies with, you know, the other men in the match. Um, but yeah, yeah. uh, solid match again. Jungle Boy continues to be a standout person in AEW, I, who again, for how young he is, this man has a very bright career ahead of him. <laughs> uh, he can pretty much wrestle any style. You had the match that he had with MJF last year um, that me and Joey both really loved. Uh, I don't even, was it. I don't remember what show that was. To be honest, was it, it was like Fight for the Fallen or Double or Nothing. I don't remember which. Um, um I think it was. Fight it was one of those two. A I'm fall. not 100 percent sure. Regardless, uh, we both loved yeah. that match. And that was a more technical style match that him and MJF had. And then he can also do, like, high-flying, like, spot fest matches. And I really like that about Jungle Boy. Again, he's versatile, especially for how young he is. Um, So, and again, the fans love him. He has really good charisma. And, yeah. I think Jungle Boy has a very bright career ahead of him in (laughs) AEW. Clearly, the company sees high things. Ross always puts him over on commentary, which is saying something because Jim Ross oftentimes just like turns on things and starts burying it. Um, and FTR Mm -hmm. continue to impress. Uh, you know, some people don't like FTR. I love FTR. I think they're one of the best tag teams on the planet. Um, and
0: I agreed.
1: I am optimistically the awaiting back. the day that they challenge the Young Bucks again for the tag titles, because I need a second match between them. Uh, that first one was so good. Anyway, oh the FTR eventually win um after Tully basically kills a child and tosses Marco headfirst into the uh the ring post, they get him back inside and they hit the big rig, which is the renamed Goodnight Express on Marco, and win one, two, three. RIP yeah, Marco. P.
0: Marco. Um,
1: the the next thing I was going to ask is obviously FTR um, still want the tag team titles, but you also have SCU who have said that they want the tag team titles and have their whole stipulation where next time they lose they break up. Uh, you have the Lucha Brothers who seem to have an issue with the Young Bucks. Any you of the good brothers now who have an issue with the Young Bucks? Who do you think is taking the titles off of the Young Bucks?
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know honestly. I honestly can't really see anyone taking them yeah. off of, like yet or like anytime soon, really. Like, I can't I don't see think it'll the be good the brothers good brothers. I think off. they'll probably have I mean, a match,
1: like you said, um, champion versus champion, but
0: mm-hmm. I don't yeah, see them. Have have a, yeah. um, um, and it also depends on if like the Bucks are that's true. Or
1: face, too. Um, I think, I think SCU, I um, would go, so... no, I think SCU will lose to the Bucks and they'll break up. Um, I could see them giving mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah, no, SCU yeah. definitely not going to get it back again. I, I, think, guess, I don't think so. I could see them
1: giving That's it to the, um, the Lucha Brothers, just because the Lucha Brothers haven't really done that much in mm. AEW, um, all things considered. So I feel like the Lucha Brothers taking the titles off That's the a Bucks point. would be a, a smart move. But um f t r winning them
0: back is also a solid move, so they have options yeah or um yeah or you know if uh if they wanna stay um you know face or or i'm or sorry if they wanna like go heal um i think top flight is a good option if they wanted to do uh you know if they wanted to pull the plug on that and just do something that would shock, yeah, like that shock is, people. that is an
1: option. Again, it all depends, like you said, on if they go heal or not. Um, so, yeah, regardless, I think it really is a test yeah. of just, like, how deep uh, they...
0: Uh... I mean, yeah, the, the vision is super deep. So, literally, there's multiple teams that can step up and take it off of them, I think, yeah, potentially. Yeah,
1: agreed. Um... Uh, Yeah, but like you said, I don't see them dropping it anytime like like super soon. I I feel like
0: mm, uh, I think they're gonna hold it for a while. I don't think that they're not gonna hold it as long as Omega and Hangman did, but I think they're gonna hold it for a while. I think probably for longer than FTR did.
1: Yeah, I could see them dropping it as double or nothing in May.
0: Um, Or if there's, like, Mm -hmm. a TV
1: special in, like, March or April. Anyway, up next, we have our women's match for the night. Serena Deeb defends the NWA Women's Mm -hmm. Championship against uh, Ty Conti. I actually enjoyed this one thoroughly. Uh, Serena Deeb, anytime she's in or on Mm -hmm. AEW Dynamite, I think she really delivers. Again, hasn't really had a bad match in AEW. I thought that she was a great signing that they got after WWE released her for multiple reasons. One... Uh, she's a veteran that you add to the division two. She's a great wrestler, and three, uh, with her veteran status, right. and the fact that she was a coach at the Performance Center for WWE, you can use her to help coach the women's division that you currently have.
0: Yeah, you can. You can tell that she's very polished and the agreed. Race. And she's, she's really also, solid. I
1: think she's like super young too. For uh, don't don't quote me on this. I I want to say she's thirty four. Let's see, Wikipedia page thirty four. She is only thirty four okay. years old. So, um, yeah, Serena Deeb still has like a bunch of time left for her career. Um, And again, I think that anytime she's on Dynamite, she really shines. And Ty Conti, uh, again, she came out with Anna Jay in Dark Order. Dark Order went to the back, but um, Anna was there. Um, I just thought that uh, ever since Ty showed up, she'd been teaming with Anna Jay um, for the women's tag team tournament that they did. She's been on Dark a bunch. She's had a couple appearances on Dynamite. Mm I think she's really improved since her time in NXT. Um, In NXT she was always just treated as kind of like an enhancement talent um, and like a jobber and she was randomly put in an undisputed storyline once and then was taken out of it, which was kind of weird. But I never really saw anything in her like like a high ceiling for her there. And ever since like she joined AEW, I feel like they've either let her do more like um, MMA style moves or just like gave her more freedom with her wrestling. I feel like she's shown a lot of promise. Like she's still somewhat green, but like she has a really fun move set. Um, yeah.
0: And oh yeah, you can yeah you can you can tell that Agreed. she's been putting the work in. To improve, and um, yeah, her kicks are looking pretty devastating. So she keeps on working on. Yeah, that, I, really I like think that
1: that could stuff. be one of the biggest areas for her to like really make her stand out. If she like uh, introduces like a really like strong style inspired like move set, like um, I think that that would really make her stand out mm-hmm. in the women's division because they don't really have any like strong strikers yeah. in the women's division. So her having striking ability definitely puts her at an advantage for like sticking out as something special. Um, and again, her pairing with uh, yeah, Anna Jay, and if Ty joins the Dark Order, that's also something that helps her stand out, because Anna Jay and the Dark Order are fan favorites, so instantly gives her some prominence. Um, like I said, I great. thought this was a really solid women's match. Um, again, Ty's kicks always look great. Uh, I think that just comes from her, you know, MMA background. Um, and deep just kind of always delivers. She won with the detox to retain the NWA Women's World Championship. And post-match, uh, Ty and Anna Jay kind of just embraced. And, uh, yeah, so solid women's match. Uh, and I thought it was a fitting sub- uh, like um, replacement for Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, which was supposed to be on the show. Main event time. Agreed. Brian Cage versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. This is a match that has been building since last May. (laughs) That is, like, insane to me that it has been building that long and they haven't, like, done a singles match between these
0: guys. Um, But I think... Yeah, but it really shows the you know the longevity and like the long-term booking how well Yeah. again this isn't like
1: us trying to start a war with wwe fans but if this was wwe brian cage and darby allen would have fought like five or six times on tv plus pay-per-views uh with different stipulations and this would be like a a shark cage match where taz is hanging above the ring and then they would yep
0: or they would have just keep on keep on uh do like a best of seven series and keep on tying. And then yeah. You got to go do a storyline
1: where the tag partners hate <laughs> each other. And uh, then they uh, slowly, you know, see that they work together and then eventually they split up. And then they, exactly yeah, the bar, they and Nia Jax. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, this match has been brewing since last May. So take that into account. And this is the first time these guys have clashed singles. Um, and, Brian Cage has not been pinned or submitted prior to this match. Um, his only singles loss came in his match against Moxley when Taz threw in the towel, um, which was playing into an injury storyline since Cage had come back from injury and um, Taz didn't want him getting injured again. So they've done a great job building this guy up. And they weren't hyping up like for months like, saying, this guy has an undefeated streak in AEW or anything. Like He was just like slowly accumulating wins and not losing. Um, so I really appreciate that. It wasn't so in your face that they were just like screaming, this guy is undefeated and then like building him up to have his streak ended. Um, so I appreciated that. And the story of this match was basically, it was in two halves. The first half was before the commercial break. The second half was after the first half was just Brian Cage murdering Darby Allen. He tossed him like over the ring and all, uh, through like the ring announcer table where Justin Roberts sits. Darby Allen crashes through and comes up bleeding. Uh, one of the most impressive things I think I've seen from Brian Cage, who always impresses, was him picking up Darby Allen for, like, a vertical suplex and walking, like, from the broken table up the stairs <laughs> and up onto the ramp, like, all in the vertical suplex position. That's just, like, pure strength. Um, so that was kind of nice. It's just, like, again, not something you see a lot. <laughs> Um, we got a bunch of. Oh, we had an F5 from uh Brian Cage, Darby kicked out at one, <laughs> which was what? <laughs> um, yeah, he was and then Brian just, Cage uh, did a bunch of like he spammed a bunch of power bombs to Darby Allen on the uh in the ring, and Darby Allen um flipped him off, which got Brian Cage really upset, and he picked him up and tossed him with a massive power bomb over the ropes and onto the stage. Uh, and then um, Cage got him back in the ring and got another near fall. That was another kick out at one, which like <laughs> was just Darby just kicking out at one of everything. Um, and then Cage goes out of the ring, grabs the the steel stairs and pulls them like to the center of the apron where he was going uh, I to, I, I don't know if he's going to suplex him or hit like the drool claw on the stairs uh but Darby fights back with a dropkick bites Cage's fingers and drops him onto the stairs and hits a coffin drop onto the steel steps um Darby Allen is trying to kill himself
0: <laughs> yeah, Dude, he yeah just doesn't care
1: basically about his well-being. um also MVP of this match Ricky Starks was at ringside delivering some amazing facial expressions <laughs> um just Ricky Starks is a goddamn Dude, star. I love Ricky. Agreed. And Dude, the charisma that Ricky Starks... Yes, and the he charisma that that man be has is, like, insane. Anyway, uh-huh. it happens, guys. The man, the myth, the legend, Sting officially gets physical. The lights go out after Ricky Starks and Hook try to run interference, Sting shows up on the stage with his baseball bat and lays into Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is the first person to get physical with uh, Sting here taking two baseball shots. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, what Starks a sell job, the baseball shots were great. He's also um, a very good and, seller, yeah. Uh, back in the ring, Darby Allin has Cage up on the top rope and hits a avalanche crucifix driver. Rolls through and pins Brian Cage to retain the AEW TNT Championship, and officially this—I mean, again, this was Sting officially wasn't just walking out with snow and music and then turning around and leaving. We've now seen him officially help Darby Allen, uh, so if there was any doubt that these two are aligned, you, that that should put those doubts to rest. Uh, yeah, it's obvious. I liked like this. I thought this was a really solid main event. It was, yeah. again, David and Goliath storytelling where Darby Allen just gets the shit kicked out of him and then has to come back. Um, he came back from a lot. <laughs> like, a lot. Um, oh, but yes I thought it was it really is. well done. Um, it was brutal. And that's what it kind of needed to be for a nine-month, like, blood feud that Team Taz and Darby have had. And I thought it delivered. Mm-hmm. um it wasn't like this super high octane fast-paced like sprint of a match but it was still really entertaining and the second half of the match where darby finally started coming back was really good um so yeah i enjoyed it i thought it was a solid conclusion to i, I mean i don't it's probably not even the conclusion that this feud is going to keep going but regardless i thought this was a a solid end of the chapter yeah for now, of, uh, this uh, this program and that was it. That was Dynamite. Uh, Showing off the air with uh, Sting and Darby together as Team Taz was on the stage just like uh, kind of all of them just looking a bit depressed and then uh, yeah. So that's Yeah. The, no,
0: really just adds to the visual too. Yeah. So I thought it was, and thought that it was is New Year's Smash well. 2.
1: So officially the two week uh, event of New Year's Smash is done. The next one we have is Beach Break on February 3rd. And at the end of February we have AEW Revolution. Uh, so that's the AEW schedule for right now. Um, I'll give the show a thumbs up. I thought this was a really fun show. Uh, it didn't have like a match of the year contender like Phoenix and Omega last year, but it was still top to bottom a really solid show. And the women's match this week was significantly better than the one last week with Abaddon and Sheeta.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought, I honestly, yeah, like you said, it didn't have like a match of the year contender like you said, but I think overall as an episode, I thought Night was um, better. Minus, of course, like the uh, Omega and yeah. Phoenix, and then the that's ending was Yeah, that's which a fair point. Huge. Yeah,
1: I, I don't necessarily disagree with that.
0: Um, yeah, it, it def- but that, yeah, but this week's women's match definitely erased the uh, sour taste. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, have not heard me enjoy last week. fans of uh, Shida versus
1: Abaddon. So if you if you want to listen, you can go check out our review of uh, New Year's Smash the Night One last week. Um so yes that is that's it that's it that's new year smash we're done we're over with and now we get to move on and see what's next for AEW in 2021. Uh real quick they did announce some stuff for next week so I guess we should go over that right. Um let me get the uh the card that they announced up here. Um all right we have next week we have the inner circle triple threat match where it's Chris Jericho and MJF versus Santana and Ortiz versus Guevara and Hager Winners, the official team of the Inner Circle. We have Hangman Page, Cole Cabana, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus TH2 and Chaos Project, baby. Luther's here. Uh, This is the negative one birthday celebration match. Uh, So I would assume you'll see Brody Jr. at ringside, or he'll come out with Dark Order regardless. Uh, Luther's on TV, so it's a good day. Um, We're getting Top Flight and Matt Seidel versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. Uh, Miro will be giving an update on his new Butler, Chuck Taylor. Uh, (laughs) I don't, I don't know why, man. Uh, Nyla Rose, uh, versus Layla Hirsch. So Layla Hirsch is making a return to AEW and John Moxley will be in action for the first time since losing the title to Omega at winter is coming. So that is what dynamite looks like next week. Pretty, uh, full card here. Uh, looking forward to the inner circle triple threat. I actually think that should be really fun. Um, Matt Seidel and Top Flight versus Matt Hardy and Private Party should be – I would assume that's going to be nuts. That's going to be nuts. Private Party, that's Matt
0: Seidel and – Yeah. I, I think, I think Seidel and Top Flight are going to I would assume Seidel – teammates.
1: Yeah, Seidel and Top Flight are 100% style that sure. match, but that should be a really fun time. Um and the the yeah. eight man with dark order taking on hybrid two and chaos project is really random, but I'm not complaining because we get Luther on TV.
0: Dude, it's it's minus maybe. Points. I mean like, to be fair, he did cut that promo, that
1: scathing promo on Luther. <laughs> oh yeah, on Luther, so, yeah. Jeez, um, yeah. Anyway, that is gonna do it for our Dynamite review. Be sure to check back next week when me and Joey review the next episode of Dynamite. We'll be here. We're here every Wednesday night. So if you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can uh, can come back and check it out. Remember this weekend, we'll also have a review of impacts hard to kill pay-per-view Ryan and Angela's impact power hours back next week. The end of January, we'll have Royal rumble predictions and a review for the Royal rumble. And yeah, so pretty busy schedule somewhat, not much, but it's not like G one time for us, but Regardless, plenty of content to keep your ears warm with our voices talking wrestling. Uh, So be sure to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter, follow us on YouTube. And yeah, I think that about does it. So thank you for listening. We appreciate uh, the support and we'll talk to you guys next time.